Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome one, welcome all. It is Tuesday, August the 15th, 2023. It is 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, the new time for our roundtables here at Blog of the Boys. You are, if you are live with us on the Blog of the Boys YouTube channel or the Blog of the Boys Twitch channel, we'll be streaming there all season long. You can obviously catch the rewatch at your own convenience as well. You can also listen to this show if that is your cup of tea uh, on the Blog of the Boys podcast network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Leave a rating, write a review. Those things make us very happy. Make sure to read, most importantly, blogofthebois.com for fantastic Dallas Cowboys coverage 24-7, 365, 366, even in those leap years where you will see, hear, and view all of the fantastic work of the three horsemen here with me tonight. My name is Arjo Cho. We will go in clockwise order for the visual audience. Tony Catalina is here. Uh, Tony, last week, I think it was last week, you told us that you pick apples. Um, you go to like the orchard and everything like that. Yeah. Uh, getting getting close to that time of year now. It feels like it. I mean, I know you guys in Texas, uh, it's not anything like that. I think today was a high of like 72. So it's getting close. All right, we're done with you, Tony. Uh, Danny Phantom, uh, the opposite side of the country. It's got to be a, a brisk, what, like 77 for you outside there in the uh, Pacific Northwest? No, it's a warm one. So we're at, we're at 99 right now, and it's been warm so far. Okay, this so week, you hate so. Tony, too. Right. All right. That's fair. Um, LP, uh, I mean, while we're at it, what's the temperature outside where you're at? Maybe also some latitude and longitude coordinates. So out here in the 301, it was 90 degrees with some rain, mm. so... Okay, so we all hate Tony. It's just really what this boils down to. Wow. <laughs> um, well, that's kind of par for the course around here. Uh, we'll be here for about an hour. Uh, there will be a winner and a loser. Uh, of course, Danny, LP, you haven't done a roundtable in a little while, so it's great to see your faces once again. We've updated the technology around here. Tony is aware of this. We now have a digital scoreboard, uh, which has really been accessible all along. I just had never done it. Uh, so uh, we'll be updating the score throughout the night. You'll be able to see kind of where you stand. Tony um almost won last week um so tony uh, i'd like you to predict the future who will finish um at you know at the top of the podium who will finish with the silver medal and who will be the loser wow that's that's a tough question um well i'll say i'll say lp wins every time he comes on here he kind of steals the show danny will go second and you know like usual i'll bring up the rear I, lp is your microphone gold I mean, if so, that's a, a positive sign. Um, it, it has like a hint of gold, at least from my vantage point. Yeah, I mean, I won't make a big deal about it, but yeah. <laughs> <Gold>. <laughs> okay, well, uh, that certainly bodes well, uh, I think, uh, for your chances here tonight. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys played their first preseason game a couple of days ago at this point. Really does feel like old news uh, now, especially what with Zach Martin's return and Zeke Elliott's news. Uh, now uh, following Tony to, um, to the upper right quadrant of the country. Uh, Tony, I know your dog's name is Zeke, and the fact that you live in the Boston area has got to make for a really awkward you know, situation for you when you have a couple of dinner parties this fall. Uh, but, you know, that's your cross to bear. Uh, that being said, 
Uh, the Cowboys will be in your neck of the woods, Danny, uh, this Saturday. Super light kickoff, 9 p.m. Central kickoff, so 10 p.m. for your, uh, the rest of the East Coast. Uh, it's going to be a late night. It's going to be some coffee, some monster energy drinks, some five-hour energies, whatever the case may be. General thoughts as we head into Seattle. Danny Phantom, you first. Well, I'm just excited to continue to watch the plethora of players that I've just been basically um, – observing and reobserving and trying to get a sense of having crushing or just, you know, maybe some of my not so favorites too. And, uh, but just trying to get a better sense of how this roster could shape out. This is one of my favorite times when we finally get to see some action. So just, there's just so many players that I'm just interested in in, in watching and evaluating and trying to figure out how this uh, new Cowboys team is going to, you know, shake out. LP, um, maybe we're all just drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit too much. It does feel mm-hmm. like the vibes are are very, very good, very strong um, yeah. across the confines of Cowboys Nation right now. One, one of the my takeaways from the Jaguars preseason game, and I wrote this in my stock report, was that nobody really lost their job, right? Like, like we, I think we all have favorites, kind of like Danny said, and, and maybe lesser than you know, like Danny said. But like, there's no player that we're all like, that dude stinks, that dude sucks. Like, like normally there is kind of you know the runs of the litter, but those aren't existent right now. I feel like everybody held serve last game for the most part. Like you were where you were. The only guy that might have kind of hurt himself was uh, Davis, but I feel like he or it might have been Dowdle. I'm sorry, but he got that back with the fumble. So I think that's kind of where we like the fumble, the kick return kind of got his way back in the game. Uh, but I think everyone kind of held serve, even Will Greer. I was thinking about Will Greer as well. And I think he had like a good second half of the game too. So I don't think anyone really hurt themselves big time. Maybe the guy who has to work himself back into a conversation just to kind of stay where he is. Like uh, if I picked out the, the one bad thing might've been Eric Scott who had a rough game, mm. but I feel like everybody kind of stayed, you know, even kill where they were like, they didn't lose anything. For the most and part. to your point, even Eric Scott had had some currency to play with. You know what I mean? So it's not like yeah. n- nobody is in the red. Like everybody's still in the black, kind of so to speak. Um, Tony Catalina, uh, Rico Dattle did have the fumble, but did bounce back. Cavante Turpin had the fumble. Um, that was kind of a no-no. And m- maybe Turpin is in that box of dudes who you know we don't really want to talk about it, but didn't have the best showing in the preseason opener. Yeah, I mean he. Uh, you know, it's funny. Like he had looked like he had a good return, right? Then it gets punched out, and then the end results all that matters. So, um, for the fact that he was even out there is a surprise. But yeah, you're right. It, you felt like you were playing with some house money. There's guys that have done really well leading up that in practice, and you know, in Oxnard, and then some of the guys you expected to play well played well. Like for example, I came into think into this game thinking like Damone Clark is going to be a stud. Everybody we talked to, Nick Harris, Kyle Yeomans, all said that Damone Clark was going to be you know, someone to watch out for. And I'm by, you know, the end of series two, I'm like, this guy doesn't need to be out here anymore. I feel like he's already figured it out. He's done what he's need to do. So there were a lot of positives that came out of this game. And and even some of the negatives are just things that you can build and grow from. And and nothing really was too, um, too sharp in the negative. Like you mentioned. Mm, Solid first answers. LP uh, 10 points picked up in that first round. Danny, a deuce uh, appropriately. So Tony, I mean, you know, that's happens when you go last. Um, so just kind of uh, is what it is. Um, that's okay. It's a long game. Nobody freak out. A lot of room to grow. A lot of room to potentially wither uh, as we move along. I think you all made strong points. Um, I want to get to something that I haven't really seen anybody discuss, and I'm not doing it for that reason. But, look, we're all fans of Deuce Vaughn. 
right like i i actually kind of think like um i know you've all seen the like people said he's is, is anybody saying he's too small anymore like does, does that take exists because that, that kind of feels like a straw man argument at this point like i don't know anybody that is is like you know legitimately rationally saying he's too small the proof of concept is there everybody acknowledges that deuce fawn is awesome is the deuce fawn hype getting a little bit out of control danny phantom like we we've all we've been bur- rico gathers had a monstrous preseason night in los angeles once upon a time like you know, we have to be careful not to, you know, fall down the wrong side of the slippery slope. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the issue about Deuce being too small really can't be determined in one preseason game because really you got to see how he's going to handle the wear and tear. And, you know, when you take some actual, you know, some big licks from, you know, starting NFL linebackers and and more and more and more of these, um, certainly I, I think it's a great start for him. You know, he's he shows that he can get away from people. And, uh, you know, that's a, that's a good thing too. But I still think. I mean, I'm. I wasn't completely sold on Vaughn. I'm. I'm more impressed with after what I've seen than I that I was before. But at the same time, I'm still tapping those brakes. And when it comes to to what he can give in the grand scheme of things, uh, Kevin has given you five hmm. points, Danny, for the wear and tear thing. We put Kevin's comment up, kind of going along those lines. LP, I'll tee you up here. Rex says, "Why do I think we're way overrated?" That's kind of where I'm at here, and and maybe this is just like my um my my like self-protecting myself emotionally right because oh this is the year like we've we've you know we're we're you know charlie brown going for the field goal attempt for the hundredth time in a row um and so i'm I'm just kind of scared to believe at this point and it, but it does feel like the national consensus is kind of starting to come around on the cowboys now especially with this deuce vaughn thing is like the latest you know bit of you know catnip for them to kind of scoop up and take so that being said, like, do you think we are seeing a little bit too much love in this department? It's who's loving you too hard, right? Because I feel like when we went through the, the draft boards in April and we talked about the guys we wanted late in the draft, a lot of Cowboys fans wanted Deuce Vaughn because the ties are already there. We have the ties of his talent. He's kind of a different type of player out of the backfield, different archetype of size. Plus, we have the familial tie to Chris Vaughn in the scouting department. Right. So those dots were connected way back in the offseason. Now that we're here as to where we are, uh, the guys who called them small, I don't think it was a lot of fans. The fans negated the size. The fans wanted the player all the same. They wanted the talent either way. Um, and not not to be rude or whatever, but I was kind of like, when you were kind of talking about him, I was looking at my phone. I was like, who does he remind me of? Size-wise, could we say too small? Because everyone talks about, oh, yeah, he's just like uh, Darren Sproles. Right. I was thinking about a guy from a little bit before that. Uh, if you guys remember, Danny might know. You remember Quinn Griffin? Yeah, Oklahoma running back, same number, kind of similar size. I'm like, he wasn't too small to, to play in games and shake ankles. Like He wasn't too small then. So um, I don't think that the small argument is a case anymore. And as far as the hiking, getting out of control, I don't think it's really out of control from my perspective because I you know, talk to the fans all on Twitter all the time, talk to people all the time about you know players and not in this year only, but next year. The hype might be getting out of control based on what's happening, like – you have Tony Pollard on a one-year deal. We have uncertainty with Dowdle and Davis. And then it's only like, well, who's under contract beyond 2023? He is. So, mm. and we know how running the backs can kind of go interchangeable. So it's almost like the hype might be out of control right now, but you project that hype into next year, maybe. Maybe it's not. And if I'm already kind of um, leaking my thoughts here, he's making the team. Like, right? He's making the team, correct? I don't think anybody ever thought he wasn't. I mean, you know, just okay. based on so, the, the story was enough. I mean, like to your point. And I mean, today actually uh, Roku announced they um they did a draft profile on, on three different draftees. I think it was three. 
um, like their process of being drafted and Deuce Vaughn happened to be one of them. You know, it just so mm-hmm. happened again. And, and his story is what it is. And Tony, like the, the Chris Vaughn element does have some like, did you know Antonio Gates played basketball in college quality to it, right? Like it, it's this thing that like no broadcast can ever ignore. Um, and right now that mm-hmm. we're getting the the local, you know, Cowboys broadcast because it's the preseason games, they're fine. You know, we talked about it one time, but the moment the regular, like the moment NBC swoops in for week one, it's going to be Deuce Vaughn, Chris Vaughn. We're going to see the clip. And then week two, when the Cowboys are on CBS, you know, Jim Nance is going to do it the first time, you know, um, Fox has them. I mean, it's going to be over and over and over again. So, but I agree with LP too, in that like Rico Dowdle kind of had a down game. Malik Davis kind of had a down game. The the narrative around the running back position is that like your new dudes come in and take over. So like everything is kind of working for Deuce Vaughn besides the fact that he's doing the work himself. Yeah, it's funny to ask this question this week for me because last week I was a little bit more pessimistic than I would say the probably the consensus is in Cowboys Nation, where I'm like, okay, I want to see it. Like as a guy who's five six, you know, five five myself, I'm like, all right, like I'm obviously not a big man. He's not a big guy. That's just like a natural thing to look at, right? I mean, what the wear and tear, the size, the workload, how can he handle the rigors of an NFL game? And, you know, those things were real to me, right? Because those are actual bottle, you know, things that he'd have to adjust to. Then he gets on the field and he goes eight carries for 50 yards and a touchdown. And, you know, then you're like, oh my, oh man, like this guy just does what he does. It didn't matter if it was Kansas State versus Alabama. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, the Jaguars second or third string team. Like he just goes out there and football players play football. And and he just feels like that guy to me, right? And I, and then the hype, and I, obviously people loved him for the story and, and loved him for what he brought and that element to it. But then when it came down to brass tacks, he was the most impressive running back out there on Saturday night. And and there has to be stock in that. Now, if he goes out there game two and it's more of the same and he is this guy, we might have a full blown like national story on our hands. Like you said, um, it is on the verge of that. And LP, I know you wrote about this. Uh, hasn't come out yet at the site, but uh, Seattle is kind of the house of narratives for the Cowboys in the preseason. The Cowboys go to Seattle in the preseason and like something incredible happens that changes the course of history forever. Uh, so it is ripe for the taking for Deuce Vaughn to um, to have some sort of switch. Um, was that emotional for you, LP, writing that? Um, there is that, like, the one photo of Tony Romo handing it off to Zeke Elliott. That's, like, the only time it ever happened. And then, you know, time was altered forever. I think that's kind of what it is. Um, like, my recollection as a Cowboys fan through, like, the – I mean, I'm from the 301. So not until I became almost a near adult did the game kind of expand for me from coast to coast with the coverage – so seeing them like back in 06 on national coverage and then the game that was a uh, DeMarcus Ware, um, it's just Seattle and the Cowboys, the, that city has this magic to it for the Cowboys. That just seems to happen or, you know, in the opposite direction. But during the preseason, it seems to happen. So we have the stories of DeMarcus, Tony, uh, Dak. It, it just tends to happen. And if there was a guy who's right for the picking to make it happen, to make himself known to everybody. And as you said before, it's a 10 p.m. game on the West coast. So we're the only show in town on Saturday night of all nights. It just seems like the Deuce Vaughn game that just, it has uh, Chris Consworth there the next day interviewing him for his storylines for, you know, week one in the Meadowlands. It just, it just seems too perfect. And I also want to say this real fast. Cause I don't want to get too ahead of myself uh, with the hype getting out of control on Deuce Vaughn. I get that he's, he's there for Chris with Chris Vaughn. And that's the story, but let's not get it twisted though. He is writing his own story. He's not sure, a totally. Scott, Scott. He's not a scholarship kid. You know what I'm saying? Like he's definitely writing himself into that book. So I I give him that. And is the hype out of control a little bit? It's opportunity. It's a preseason. We've all had our Philip Tanners of the world, our Lance Dunbar's of the world in preseason. It's, 
it's a natural occurrence almost every single August in Dallas. But man, um, Lance Dunbar had had some regular season moments. That was a bit of a slight against Lance Dunbar. Um, also, down. the um, we'll get there. the the Romo playoff uh, game in Seattle that was a Saturday night as well. Um, so the fact that it's a Saturday is very strange. Um, that game, people forget that was Miles Austin's kickoff return uh, back when he wore number 14 before he switched to 19. So, uh, Danny Phantom, do you remember why Miles switched from 14 to 19? No, I do not. It was because Brad Johnson joined the Cowboys to back up Tony Romo, and he had worn number 14, obviously. So, uh, you don't see a lot of quarterbacks rocking number 14 anymore. Kind of a forgotten lost art, you know? So. Um, it is what it is. But Danny Phantom, uh, while we're on the subject of, like, I guess, tearing dudes down that we've elevated for the last few weeks, um, are we buying too much into Jalen Tolbert? Jalen Tol- and I say that the day that Jalen Tolbert had this stupid Michael Jackson, you know, leaning moonwalk, whatever you want to call it, catch uh, at Cowboys practice. Like, this this hype might – if Deuce Vaughn didn't have the story, like, behind him and the national kind of, like, eye, I think Jalen Tolbert would be ahead of him in terms of, you know, the – hysteria the hype whatever Jalen I mean there are people who are writing off Michael Gallup entirely as the third receiving option on the team because Jalen Tolbert exists yeah no and I I don't think we are buying too much of I think that you know he's turned a real corner and I think you know we've learned our lesson with as far as what we hear in camp and then how how it translates when there's actually you know real tackling going on and you know we're seeing that now with Tolbert and and I, I think the story adds up everything everything tracks all, everything, all the talk that we've heard, you can see it, it, you know, take place on the field. Like if you look at a player like Jalen Brooks, for example, also having a really good camp, I mean, people were starting to pencil him in as, as you're making the team and stuff. And then look what happens in preseason, you know, has a couple balls that are, you know, not, not quite on target, but he just can't come down with them. So, it, you know, there, there's a big difference. And I think that with Tolbert, he has great college tape. You know, we don't know what w- went wrong last year, but you have another year of, of development and he's doing everything right. And I'm, I'm super excited about him. And, you know, I don't, I don't know about stacking him with Gallup. I mean, it's who knows? So we, we, we don't know, but all I know is the Cowboys are going to have some really nice weapons. I mean, they're going to have four really good receivers. And a lot of this is, is going to be attributed to this a uh, year to uh, jump for Mr. Uh, Jalen Tolbert. Tony, Kevin uh, offers. Yes. Everyone is buying too much into Tilbert. Yes, he had the touchdown, and yes, he is better than last year, but he also had a huge penalty. Um, let's see here. Uh, Rex says uh, that penalty was uh, the poop emoji. Um, Tony, are you are you willing to believe? Like, you know what I mean? Like, actually, based on your tweets, Tony, I think this, you're, you're, you've are you're you got a lot of stock in Jalen Tilbert. You've paid some premium price as of, you know, late, but uh, but you're, it feels like you're further in here than you are on Deuce, and some of that might just be the positions they play. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, I was excited last year, and um, obviously he he made a lot of us kind of eat our words and our, with our excitement last year. But this year, he's done a 180, in my opinion. I'm, I'm really excited about the prospects of it. Now, I can keep it in perspective and say it's a wide receiver four, and we got three guys in, in front of him that I'm comfortable to say are going to have more productive you know, seasons or are going to have a bigger impact. But you know, just to see his growth from one year to understand that Last year wasn't his expectation or what he wanted it to be. And he, and he took that challenge and he met it on head, head on there. So um, 
for me, it wasn't even about the touchdown. It's not even about like the training camp. It's just like he just looks comfortable. You can see the confidence in him. Uh, I had mentioned last week that Dak Prescott seems to be, you know, force feeding him at times in practice. It's just they're trying to build that rapport and, and it just fits naturally. And the biggest play for me, I know they're talking about it in the comment section about the penalty, but that catch he made on the sideline with the offensive pass interference. To me, I'm not even I don't even care about the result of that. It's a fact that he was able to go and make like a big time NFL catch like that. I mean, he got the feet down, made a great grab. And the, the result of it is the is kind of not what I'm concerned with. I, he's showing signs of growth. And I don't think that we're buying too much into the hype. I think we're just reacting to what we're seeing and what we're seeing is really encouraging. It was really nice that he had the touchdown after because I think you're right. For a little for a little while, I was like, oh, the only thing we're going to be able to say all week is like, I don't care that it was a penalty. The like physical process of what he went through is what really mattered the most, and it would have been annoying in that sense. Um, LP, are you you know, are you willing to embrace Jalen Tolbert, or are you going to kind of bring everybody back down to earth here? Um, it does seem like we're a little split here ish um, on Jalen Tolbert, but um, he he might be like to be very clear. You know, we all agree he's better than last year, but all due respect, like that bar was very low. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, and that might be why we're so wildly impressed. Yeah, I, I think that's what it is. I, you know, that's what it is for me. I think it's, we were so low on him, me, myself, like I was low on him, like really, really low. I, I went the extra step to like making memes after the, the penalty. Like I went kind of hard on it. And for me to see his growth, it is encouraging. And you're seeing traces of the improvement and where he could be in the next year or so. Um, but we're buying it too hard or we're buying the hype too fast because look at what's in front of them. You got three really good receivers that on different teams, like I know uh, Cooks anywhere else is a two, like no lower than two. A healthy Gallup is a two stat. CD is elite number one. You also have to factor in our tight ends. You got three very good tight ends. Um, we're talking about like the camp he's having. Well, the undrafted transitional tight end, Steven's having a great camp as well. Like, there's a lot of talent who's having great camps out there. Um, the running backs as well. I just feel like when the season starts, because it's all about when the season actually starts, where does he fit into the pecking order? As a number four, it, that's great, and I like what that is, but what exactly is going to actually make the hype make sense? Like, what's a mm. reasonable assessment of the hype? How many yards? How many, like, 500 yards, 400 yards as a number four? Like, what exactly am I looking for for hype? Like, that's kind of where I'm at. So I, I'm – I'm not down on him per se. I'm just down on what we actually expect him to do. Cause I think we had higher standards last year. This year, statistically, mine are, are just about the same based on what's in front of him. So I can't buy that hype necessarily. I think we might be just a year early on his development for hype. It does. It feels a little bit like when people are like, oh, I'm terrible at golf. And then they go play and they're the ones who have the most fun. You know what I mean? Like if, if you like, you really don't care. You're like, you're like, you're, you know, you're not as talented as other people or whatever, but you're actually having the best time because you really don't care. As opposed to like a year ago, we were like, nope, we got to get the, the most bang out of this buck. We got to have a great time. We got to be dialed in. We got to, you know, we got to hit 18 or whatever, 14 fairways, 15 fairways. You know, it's got to be a straight up and down day. And it just turns into like stress overload. And that's what last year was for Jalen Tolbert. So yeah, like right now it's just like, it's not even golf. It's like disc golf. You know what I mean? Like that, that's all it is. We're just having a good time. Somebody's carrying a cooler. Um, those are the vibes I get at least. Danny, are you scratching your nose? No, I just want to say is too, is I don't really think that we have to set too high of expectations for Tolbert too, because if you look at it, if he comes in as wide receiver four and you're getting something like Cedric Wilson, like, 
I mean, this is going to really ignite this offense. You know, Prescott, he could have over 4,500 yards. I mean, there's going to be so many weapons. And as LP mentioned, I mean, CD and Cooks, that's a remarkable one, too. I mean, Cooks is borderline one receiver in my book, too. And so then you have a healthy Gallup back. I mean, I don't really, it doesn't really matter to me what um, Jalen does as far as overall contribution, but the fact that he's just going to be that other weapon, another guy that they can go to, I just think it's going to, be huge for this offense. So, I mean, even with a Tolbert season, that's maybe not statistically great. I still think it ultimately will mean still a lot overall in the Cowboys offense, passing offense. And that will be a breath of fresh air concerning what we saw last season. People have discussed this before, um, but Danny, you brought up Cedric Wilson. That's an easy comp, obviously for the role, at least that we're hoping Jalen Tolbert will play. Um, so I'm just going to ask this here and we can start with uh, Tony. Uh, Tony, if we compare the 2021 group of Dallas Cowboys wide receivers to the 2023 version. So 2021, you had Amari Cooper still, I mean, still playing well. Amari is just a huge bummer, whatever. But he had Amari CD before full alpha status. I, I think, you know, we all agreed today's version of CD is a very different player. But still, Amari CD, definitely a better version of Michael Gallup right now is a bit of an unproven concept. And Cedric Wilson, or do you take this year's crop, which has alpha CD, very strong, you know, Robin to that in Brandon Cooks, MG that we think is going to bounce back, and Jalen Tolbert, who's setting the world on fire. I think the fact that C.D. Lamb is at his, like, supreme form right now or close to it is is enticing. But I look at this, and I got to lean it with the latter. You know, I think Amari C.D. and Michael Gallup and Cedric is what I would lean to because – I mean, there's arguments that Cedric is one of the better four um, wide receiver fours in the league. I mean, you remember what he did against the Patriots? I was there. I mean, he, he kind of took over when he needed to. You saw him with the big play against the Vikings um, with Cooper Rush at the helm. You know, CeeDee Lamb was coming into his own. He was still making plays. And Amari Cooper is just that quiet assassin at the wide receiver room. So, and, and Michael Gallup pre-injury. I mean, even when he got hurt, it was a big play. Like, th those guys, that team, I mean, you remember all the graphics. Are we going to have three 1,000-yard receivers, like, this year? Like, there was a lot lot of hype around that group and I think this group could be great I think this offense could be great but like that just that year that culmination it still kind of saddens me that they were unable to do something real or substantial with it because that group felt special LP you were nodding you agree with Tony 2021 easily Tony killed it man yeah Tony killed yeah. that man I mean as as enticing as it is to see CeeDee Lamb in his final form which is close the route running of Amari Cooper in 2021, when he was still motivated, CeeDee Lamb still not knowing what he couldn't do. Um, and he was a slot demon. MG Healthy and Cedric, who was very key in the, the passing game, even as a gadget player, was very useful. Um, I think that version is great. But I will say, though, the philosophy that they have now might be even better, though. I do think that right there. I think now with CD kind of rounding out the way that he is, Cooks as an established number two, um, MG back from injury, who is now your vertical threat once he gets that back. And like you said, like, like Dan said before, whatever you get out of Tolbert as a reliable four, if you get that, it's going to it's gonna be good. I think overall they're going to be great. But to a man, yeah, they got it in 2021. They were better back then. Danny, if we expanded it to include all pass catching options, kind of to LP's final point there, um, and if you wanted to include the run game as well. Um, so you've got Zeke and, you know, not really used Tony Pollard in 2021. And I guess Dalton Schultz and Blake Jarwin a little bit uh, versus now you've got Jake Ferguson, Peyton Hendershot, whatever Luke Schoonmaker, maybe John Stevens Jr. Uh, potentially um, at the tight end position. And you've got Tony Pollard and Deuce Vaughn. 
Uh, if you if you extend it that further down, do you lean 2023 yet? It's so hard. I mean, honestly, both of those groups are really good. And, you know, I want to say this, too, is we're, one thing we got to remember about the 2021 group is that Michael Gallup missed half a season. But even more than that, if you took the splits between pre-calf injury, Dak, you know, and right. post-calf, I mean, I mean, if you if you're gonna give me a healthy Dak, I'll take this new group right now. Give me Dak healthy, I'll take this new group. No no questions asked for sure. I think, and so I think that's a big factor of it too, because that offense was looking unstoppable when um, you know Dak Prescott was healthy and all those guys you mentioned. Um, but that will be the key too. I just think I think there's a lot of tools there, and this could be this offense could be equally, if not better, than what we saw that season. And they certainly have. Um, a lot of great pieces to make that happen. Mm, okay. Uh, a point check-in, Danny. Let me add your final points from uh, that answer. We've got Tony and LP in a deadlock, tied at 30 apiece. Danny at 27. Still a lot of game left. Uh, this is actually the 27th minute of the show. So, Danny, at least you have that kind of parallel working in your favor. Um, we're actually going to take a, a question and turn it into a topic from the crowd. Rex Morgan, just simple, simple command. Let's talk tight end. Maybe that's said like in a jerkish way for all we know, like, hey, let's talk tight end. You know what I mean? We don't know. Uh, but either way, uh, that being said, I, I sort of joked about John Stevens Jr. I don't know if I'm joking, but uh, we'll start with you, Danny, since you have the most ground to make up. Pick your four tight ends right now for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, so, I mean, I I love John Stevens Jr. So my, my it's going to be Jake Ferguson. We agree with the top three, by the way. So we don't, no, we don't have to rehash this three times, but go ahead, Danny. Sorry. So you want me to keep going? Yes, please. <laughs> okay. Uh, Luke Schoonmaker, number two. John Stevens Jr. is my number three. Never now, mind. now I have a, a 4A and a 4B. And honestly, I don't know. Right now, it's Hendershot and McKeon. But it really comes down to what the Cowboys need overall as far as what they need from their tight ends. Because John Stevens, you know, he's a receiving, was a receiver. But um, how far along he comes in his blocking could basically determine which direction they go. If they if they need more blockers, McKeon's going to have an edge there, even though not the greatest performance from him on Saturday. But Peyton Hendershot is officially not safe in my book. Great great player. We loved him last year. But I do think that um, the new undrafted free agent is, is coming looking for a job. And so that's how I see it. Uh, very excited to see more John Stevens Jr. Also just want to see how well he comes, you know, as a blocker, you know, both Schoonmaker and Stevens Jr. I believe sprung deuce for that big run too. great blocks. Uh, so I'm very curious to see how things play out, but a uh, big fan of John Stevens. I've already locked, locked him. He's in on my 53 man. As far as the other guys, not sure how it's going to shape out. Okay. So then let's say this for the rest of this topic. We agree that Jake Ferguson is tight end one LP and Tony. We agree that Luke Schoonmaker has a place on the 53, whether he's your tight end two. We don't have to sit here and debate. He's a second-round pick. He's on the team. So this is a matter of, I guess, debating, you know, picking two of three between Peyton Hendershot, Sean McEwen, perhaps, John Stevens Jr., however you want to kind of slice this up. Um, but I guess, Tony, is Peyton Hendershot safe for you? I would – you know what? I think he's as safe as he possibly can be. I mean – What a cop-out answer. I'm taking John away some points. Come on, Tony. <laughs> hang some onion. What, what does that even mean? Tony? Yeah. What? Well, I'll, I'll, He'll I'll, exist I'll, in I'll, this universe at some point. I'll put it like this. I think John Stevens is that guy that we hype up every year that, like, with no way we can sneak him past. He's no way no, he's not going to get picked up. I could see him – I mean, realistically, if it's if he's out there and Hendershot's out there – 
it's like the no tight end blocking package, right? Like there's no none of these tight ends are going to block. He's a converted wide receiver. He's doing a lot of good things, but I, I could see him because what it's going to come down to is if they keep four tight ends, it's it, the, the debate to me is really Sean McCune or Hunter Lepke. I mean, who's going to do more special teams things? John Stevens, even if they keep him and he's wide receiver or tight end three or tight end four on this roster, how much offense production are we going to see? How many offensive reps or chances is he even going to get? You know, so most of his work is, can you get down there and make a tackle? Can you go and block and punt? You know, those are the type of things that we're looking for from a wide receiver or a tight end four. So the offensive production is is intriguing, but can he do the little things? We've seen Sean McHugh do these things. We've seen Peyton Hendershot be, you know, dynamic at times. So, yeah, there are a couple of guys and three guys probably that are locked in, but there are questions. And, it, yeah, showing a pure receiving ability, John Stevens was a wide receiver who was converting over, so he's probably going to look more natural at that. But that's not the whole picture, and that's not how they're going to paint up the 53-man roster. Who are your four? Uh, I would I would keep it – I would probably keep the four that was there last year plus uh, – excuse me, the three that was there plus Schoonmaker. So I got McEwen making it. Okay, so you have, you're trying to sneak John Stevens Jr. onto the practice. Like, again, yeah. that, to kind of fit with your, like, he's the guy that gets overhyped. No way he makes a route. Okay. You know how it is. Every year, Cowboys fans are like, this guy will never will make it to us. And then, like, of course, they always pick him up and put him on, you know, special. Okay. Or, yeah. Uh, so uh, just to catch up on crowd points before we get to you, LP, uh, Danny, Kevin did give you five points, um, but then took five, or I'm sorry, took five away and then gave them to you. So that was a net wash for you from Kevin. Um, let's see, Tony, Kevin gave you five points, uh, and said, just be just not buying training camp hype is my thing this year. But then diesel 80 washed him out, taking away five points, uh, saying outside of Ferguson, not a ton of competition at tight end for Stevens. Uh, so diesel 80 kind of agreeing with Danny Phantom in that sense. Um, LP, we, we do have kind of a, a split decision here that needs a tiebreaker unless you want to, you know, like, Oh, I don't have Ferguson on my team or something like that. Uh, so who are your four tight ends? What are your thoughts? How are you feeling? Man, so I, I think so as well as Stevens is done as a pass catcher, because he does have some nuance to his game. He's not just about like a big uh, guy masquerading as a tight end. You know, he has some nuance to his game. I, I liked how he even ran the route for the touchdown. Very smart, very subtly just moved the linebacker out the way for the pass catch. He's got some uh, smarts to him in the transition. I'll give him that. Um, however, I think he's the guy that they can cut and be kept comfortable doing it. Like, we can cut him. Like, we'll get him back. It's fine. And, and I said it because I was watching the game, and uh, Stan Back was doing the call, and he kept saying how big he was. I'm like, I don't think that guy's almost 250. I don't think his body's matured to that type of guy just yet. Like, he, he's still maturing mentally and physically to play tight end. Like, he just left school, like, what, six months ago? So his, his NFL body isn't ready just yet. Like, he's not ready just yet. So I think you can actually cut him, and I think you can stash him. Like, before this team was terrified to cut Rico Gathers based on how Rico looked as an overall athlete, and maybe not the the cognition part, but the overall build, they were terrified to let him go and be somewhere else. I feel like you can cut this guy and you can get him back. I really do think you can get him back. And again, if you keep with your same guys and Schoonmaker, which by the way, I still don't get the pick to this day because you can find another tight end in your system and Dak can just make a tight end like it's nothing. But neither here nor there. Just thing, I, I would say you probably cut Stevens. You keep McEwen because he's your only blocking element you have right now, um, as it is. Uh, and yeah, so top three remain and Scootmaker. Tony, shoot Tony. Yeah, just to, just to reiterate, like for me, Sean McEwen's on this 
roster for me if they go four. Now, if they sit here and say Hunter Lepke can do what McCune, McCune can do, then the McCune's not safe, right? And then that's a different configuration of how they work the 53-man roster. But what both of those fourth-string tight ends are going to be asked to do, I'm less concerned about the offensive production in that sense because two bodies would have to drop before they're getting you know, real minutes there. Um, Danny, I just want a quick, quick thing too. You're talking about uh, Stevens Jr. maybe passed away or something. Remember, um, McKeon actually got released last. He did not make the roster, and so initially he went to the practice squad. So I think to me, he's more of a guy that they can get away with cutting and, and potentially bring it back because you want to keep, you want to protect the the athletic upside guys, which is what Stevens has, and McKeon's just more of a guy that he's a he's a workhorse. Do it, you know. He's he he fights for his spot, but I I do think that they that path is more likely to to be a smarter way to go than to put John Stevens out there. Similar to what they did with with Hendershot last year is, you know, I mean they they kept him because of his athletic upside. He's more more at risk at waivers versus a player like McKeon. And I think the same will apply with John Stevens too. Especially nothing too is, I mean Hendershot. You know, there was some he made a little bit of noise too, but you got to look at John Stevens as he's making noise in camp. And he comes out and plays the way he did in his first game. I mean, honestly, I think Luna Wells is just a tight end uh, wizard because he's just constantly making these these undrafted players really good. And Stevens is the, is the new one, and I really like what I'm seeing. And I just think he's too risky to let him get away. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, so a couple of comments that I really like. Some made me laugh a lot. Um, so, so DJ Dog 31 says, I know McCune ceiling, but Stevens, we were talking fourth tight end. Why keep the lower ceiling guy talking about Sean McCune? We all, we all like him again, but you know, these, this is where difficult conversations have to be had. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Lamar said that John Stevens Jr. is better than Dawson Kincaid. Remember that when that was like a problem, like it was like, Oh no, are these guys going to draft Michael Mayer in the first round? Um, so thankfully, um, that is, I, I know LP you're bummed about the schoolmaker pick, but like, again, it could be worse. Um, you know, like, you know, Mozzie Smith could not be here. Um, let's see here. DJ dog 31 says we cut Stevens. He is gone forever. Um, 
Lamar says McEwen over Stevens Jr. That's a mistake. Um, and Danny, you picked up five points from Kevin. You picked up five points from Lamar. Uh, you, I've just seen you've picked up five points from Headhunter. Um, and DJ Dog has given you 20 points. That feels like a little bit much. Um, so I'm going to relegate that down. I'll call it seven. Um, so that's 12 more that you have picked up from the crowd. Danny Phantom with a commanding lead at the moment. Tony, I had to take some away that you can get back. Dang, so you're, you're, um, you're, you're, you know, sheepish kind of approach to this question at the very beginning. Uh, but you, you've come back up LP. You're at 33, uh, but that's where we're at. Tony, you raise your hand. Yeah. I, I just, when I look at John Stevens, right. And I look at maybe the position as a whole, and I'm trying to think of this construction of, of this roster, like, the things that I want to see more from him is the special teams row. It's that third phase. Like, yeah, he has upside as a wide receiver or tight end option, you know, or pass catcher, but how can he help this team right now? If you, if you pick John Stevens up or you keep him on the 53 man roster, like that's a move for the future. And I think that's fine. I, and we see people and teams make that move all the time, but like for him to have an impact on the offense, it feels like it's further away than Sean McEwen actually impacting or Hunter Lepke impacting uh, a pivotal third of this football team. Um, I got to say, I agree with Danny. I think you guys are acting scared, LP and Tony. I, you know, I'm like, let's live a little. Let's get the pepperoni and the meat lovers. You know what I mean? You guys are like, well, you know, they have a salad bar. You know, like, that's how y'all are treating this thing. Like, it's stupid. Danny, good for you. I'm proud of you. Uh, let's see here. DJ Doc 31 says, McEwen is not so valuable on special teams to let a tight end mismatch walk out the door. That's a great point. You guys have a lottery ticket in your hands, and you're like, yeah, but we have this dollar bill. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's not this, like, you know, massive alternative that you're, you know, oh, no, we have a tight end that can block to a, a fine degree. How will we ever find that ever again? You know, like, so. Well, it um, happens every year. You know, every year there's one of these guys. How will we find tight end? <laughs> yeah. Look, man. We can convert any wide receiver, give him, <laughs> you know, in and out and or Whataburger and tell him to bulk up and go catch some balls. Like, I mean, wow, that's innovative. I mean, how many basketball players have converted, like, it's, well, we talk, you know, it's funny because we did have the – I mean, you're talking, telling me, Tony, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. I mean, they, <laughs> anybody could do it, though. Like, we've seen it time and time and time again. So, are we terrified to let go a fourth tight end at the bottom of the roster because you can't find another one? With Dak? With with I Dak? Mean, well, but, I, I mean, look, I, like, I don't, I don't like saying this, but Dak has missed time three years in a row, right? So, like, if, if like, the goal is, like, you know, protect ourselves as much as possible, like, I want receiving playmaking threats. We just sat here and kind of proved how the, you know, pass catching group from two years ago is superior to this one. Not, you know, that that's anything to be ashamed of, but, like, the more dynamic weapons you can add to this offense, the better in my mind. And especially if all it costs you is a fourth string blocking tight end, particularly when that's something that Luke Schoonmaker is really good at and did a lot of in Michigan last year, Tony. Well, tight end, you know, three last year had 11 receptions. You know what I mean? So it's like, what's a tight end four going to get? Four, what five? It, what, is it, like, what are we doing here? Hendershot yeah. had 100 yards on the season, and we're, and we're, we're splitting Adams here. I think you're splitting Adams in the name of keeping Peyton Hendershot and Sean McEwen. You want to keep one? Fine. That's cool. Danny and I will give you one. You know what I mean? Flip a coin. You can have either one, but we need one of those spots. That's my point. I mean, it's fair. Like I, like I said, I, I like what he's been doing. I just right. get nervous. How the same way that people felt. Quit being nervous, when... Tony. Be brave. I'm <laughs> that chest. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like... nervous. There's going to be one of those guys <laughs> where like, I don't know. You know, you know how it goes. Every I'm year just they nervous we're going to let a generational athlete who can catch passes from the tight end position walk out the door. didn't get drafted. Yeah, well, so you know, <laughs> how about this, though? The Cowboys Maybe are constantly 
they're constantly playing it safe and going after these Sean McKeans, the Jeff Swaims, the the blocking tight ends and stuff. You know, that's fine and that's super important. But it's also really nice to actually have a guy, tight end that can actually make a difference in the passing game too. So I would like to have one of those. So twenty twenty four. Who would you rather have, Tony? Uh, Sean McEwen or Darren Waller? <laughs> you, you for real? I'm asking you, who would you rather oh, have? Darren Waller. Obviously. Yeah, that's what you're that, that's the prospect of what he's you're Darren looking Darren Waller at. now? Who I mean, he's got that kind of ceiling. You know what I'm saying? Like that's a you know yeah. who would you rather have in New England? Would you rather have Hunter Henry or John U. Smith? Not today, but like <laughs> like in, yeah. like like four years ago. Like who would you rather have? Yeah, I get it. The better player. The guy with more upside you'd want, but at the same time, like that's you should tell John Stevens that I'm sure he'll love to hear that. You guys can go play your Army Navy style football and your 13 personnel. Danny and I are going to go hang out with Kellen Moore on the blue field. We're just going to throw this thing 60 times a game. That's uh, that's how we're going to rock. So, but, how many like what would a stat line be? You say this is a successful offensive input for a wide receiver or a tight end for if he gets blank, I'm I'm happy. Is it 10 receptions? Is it 11 why does it have to be anything if the threat of it exists that's what matters i mean so the, if the option yeah. exists like that's like saying oh like you have to add like a camaro to your garage that already has like 14 sports cars how many miles do you have to put on it to make it worth it none but i had that option and it was really nice danny so yeah so, uh, would it be nice to just have Dak throw touchdowns to like 12 different players i mean i don't care if his stats are hardly nothing but if if he's just another weapon that can sneak out you know, and get a red zone touchdown. I mean, how can you not be happy about that? No, it's I'm all for touchdowns. I that's you know I'm cool with that. Trust doesn't me. Doesn't sound like but, it. But it, we're talking about a guy who how many? <laughs> we're talking about a guy who might not even get you know double digit receptions like in a normal scenario. How many yeah. is Sean McEwen gonna have, Tony? It, but that's not his game. John <laughs> Stevens. Is, John, so you want so you want wide receiver. You want tight end four to be Darren Waller. You want tight. You want so that's what you want. He's tight end for today. You know what Correct. I'm saying? But like, like the future of Jake Ferguson is not promised. The future of Luke Schoomaker is not promised. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, like I, mean, I want to stash a guy. Contract, though, aren't so they? Danny wants to stash a guy. And I mean, Danny yeah, wants to use him this mean, year. Like, you know, like uh, is is it? What's more possible to either one of you? I guess because you y'all both hate John Stevens Jr. What's more <laughs> I possible? That. I said that. <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> that that John Stevens Jr. catches. 30 balls next year for the Cowboys with like five touchdowns or that Sean McEwen is like PFF's sixth best blocking tight end of the year. And we celebrate that. I'm just talking about roster construction, right? Jake Ferguson caught like 30 balls last year and you guys wouldn't even allow me to call him a good or a bad, good player, you know? So Jake Ferguson caught 30 as tight end too. If John Stevens caught 30, I'm assuming he's rising up the depth chart, but if you're looking at this roster and I'm sure John bones fossil is probably the one leading the conversation with like, I need guys that can do this part of the job too. I understand that the, the upside is high and he's definitely a better athlete and he's probably without question already a better receiving threat, but that's a not, that's just not how teams are built. That's how they're built in fantasy football and that's how they're built in Madden, but that's not how they're built in real life. Uh, Kevin has offered you five points, Tony for the jab on the good player. On the good, bad player, good comeback. I, that was a little confusing. But uh, Diesel has taken away five points from you. And LP says these other tight ends are just as unproven as Stevens. What's your retort to that, LP? So are we saying I, I, so I got to ride this out then. If I'm already in the red, <laughs> Diesel, hey, I feel you in some way. <laughs> 
But if, if I'm already in the red, I might as well just stay in the penalty box for a little bit. If we're saying Stevens, right, give me a baseline of what he is right now because are the Cowboys going to go into next year with the production that Tony's going to say he's going to have 10 catches? We go into next year, have <laughs> another guy coming to camp. And, no, I'm saying it's for real. Another guy coming to camp that's catching everything as an undrafted guy say, you know what? Nah, we can't keep this guy because we got John Stevens. They're not going to do that. Like, they're no, not going to do well, that. It sounds like so Hendershot this year with Stevens this like, year. Like, Hendershot was undrafted. Hendershot was Stevens I'm super last fine. year. And, like, yeah. and how, and how so big of a cost is it to move it? on from Hendershot now? Nothing. That's just, so, wait, like, how big of a cost is it to move on from Stevens now either if we're going to do the same but, thing next year? Yeah. But the context <laughs> of, the, of the group matters. That's why Diesel's comment is so powerful. Because it's not like we're comparing, you know, John Stevens Jr.'s standing to these players with this immense track record in the NFL. To your point, Tony, Jake Ferguson had like 22 catches last year. Peyton Hendershot had like 12. You know what I mean? It's like we're, we're not, you know, th these aren't these tenured players. The whole group is incredibly raw still. And so, like, if there were a time and if there were a contextual situation where this made sense, it's this particular tight end room. Yeah, I, I mean – if John Stevens goes out there and beats Sean McEwen out, flat out take his spot. Like, I'm 100% down for that. But there is context to what a tight end four is asked to do in the construct of this team. It, his first role, his second role probably isn't to be a target for, for you know, Dak Prescott. That's not what he's going to be called upon in 80% in a, in a scenario where the wheels aren't falling off in the tight end room. So I, yes, I understand he may be a stash for the future and they may love the prospects of it. And there's teams with that. And, and we've done that in the past, but like, this is a championship caliber football team. I'm not afraid to say that. I don't think anybody is really at this point. Like, what do you do to win now? They've made so many good moves for the future. What do you do to win now? And does a guy who has a solid reputation, special teams, understands the system, does things well. He's a gritty guy. It doesn't even have to be Sean McCune. Just find a guy who can do the things that they need to win now. Danny, land this plane, and let's get the hell out of here on this subject. Yeah, thanks a lot, Rex, for this question. But you want to just talk about tight ends? <laughs> so, you know, I think that there's a lot of good points made. And I, I'm I'm a McEwen fan, mind you. I, I like him, too. So I, if, if they end up going McEwen, keeping him and, and, and letting Hendershot go, it's not going to hurt my feelings. But I want to say this, too, is our, our top two tight ends – they're drafted. They're, they're blocking guys. I mean, th th that was the thing that they did in college. That's why the Cowboys were enamored by him. So we got two good blockers already. So give me that other guy that's going to just get open in the seam, just a little bit different, mix it up with, you know, just, just make this offense just where they can beat you in so many different ways. So, and, and honestly, the, the start that, that Stevens has had, I just think he's just a little bit higher trajectory right now than what we even saw from Henderson last year or, or any of the other guys that we've had over the years. So that's why I'm high on him. I think he just would fit really well with this offense. Uh, the score to this point, you guys have one round left, but I mean, um, you know how, like when somebody's got like a 12 shot lead, you know, in the open championship, they get like going on engraving things. Uh, Tony, you have 33 points, LP 35. You guys lost some at, at a certain point. Danny, you have 60 points. So you, you've almost slapped them. Uh, Danny Verstappen here uh, on the round table tonight. So, uh, we'll see if you can fully double up uh, your competitors here tonight. How are you feeling going into the final question, Danny? You know what? The, you know, the, the fans love John Stevens. That's that's how I feel. <laughs> uh, Tony, do you feel like this was – actually, uh, I'm sorry, but Lamar has offered five more to Dan. Uh, so um, just <laughs> that being said, Tony, how are you feeling? Yeah. It is what it is. <laughs> I'm coming uh, I'm coming up the rear, and I'm going to – I'll find a way to make it uh, respectable. LP, um, you – 
are not as close to getting lapped as Tony. I mean, you're not far off, but you know what I mean? Like this is, this might truly just be a, like, don't be the slowest person sort of thing for you, LP. I mean, in this case, Dan, you're like Steph Curry, man. You can just rest <laughs> for the fourth quarter. You can sit out. Uh, you're good now. Tony, um, I'm really nah, sorry. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm, look, I'm sorry, LP, to way. interrupt <laughs> Kev, ahead, Kevin has, has revoked five points um, from Tony saying that is not the right player name to pander with. So, um, okay, you know, that's where we're at. But you know what? Points in this next round are worth triple. So uh, maybe that's that's where things are made up. Um, and because this is the, the most vague uh, net I can cast, it was the least amount of work I wanted to do. Uh, what questions do we still have? Outside of tight end, I suppose. Um, heading into Seattle, LP, you can have the floor first year. What question? You don't have to necessarily have it get answered on Saturday night. But what what questions, viable questions that you still have about this team, what are they? So I, the one thing I think that's gone kind of unnoticed, because we talk about like hype with everybody, because uh, there's so many hype storylines throughout the entire entire training camp. Kicker, man. Because Tony just said it. This is a title team, potentially. And if you cannot kick, we have a problem. And I understand. And I like where Aubrey's coming. Like, he's uh, progressing okay. But all these kicks that are reported, they're from the same distances. 35 yards, 33 yards, 45. I haven't seen not one from 50-plus. Not one. So I, I, I got to see whether or not he can kick in that stadium. Give, give me a long try. Like, Maher made the team off a 60-yarder in the preseason. My guy, let's see a 55-yard kick at Seattle with the fans yelling. Like, that's my thing as kicker. We got to figure that part out now. Like, like yesterday, right now. Uh, Tony, do you recall the kicker that every Cowboys fan wanted the team to draft that was taken in the third round? Jake Moody. That's correct. Uh, does anybody know how Jake Moody did in his preseason debut this past week against the when he go 0 for 2? He did uh, go 0 for 2. <laughs> uh, I mean, so like this has kind of become my corner. I guess I've inherited it. Um, I didn't anticipate, you know, being on this hill. Um, I kind of think the Brandon Aubrey stuff is a little bit overblown. I get your point, LP. Like, I definitely want some resolution on the subject. Like, that's fair. But I think, and I know you weren't like besmirching Brandon Aubrey, but I do think that like, People made a lot about a missed extra point on Saturday last week. I mean, and it's a big thing. Like, I'm not, you know, denying that. I would love for him to have gone four for four, but we're acting like he's this loser. I mean, is that fair to say, LP, that Brandon Aubrey still might be the viable answer? You're picking up a lot of points here, by the way. Um. Well, here's the thing. This time of year, a lot of guys get cut. A lot of vets get cut. And I, I do think that there's guys out, out there. For example, um, I was watching Team Your Area, Tony, the Pats. The Pats have two guys in camp right now, two kickers in camp. They drafted a kicker, I believe. What they're probably going to do is cut the veteran, and the veteran is a guy we used to have back in 06, or 07, rather, um, Nick Folk. So I would like to see them say, hey, look, if we cut a veteran out there who's a proven guy, who's had a, and Folk had a great year last year, take the veteran who's actually playing his best ball of his career, a proven commodity on a team that's close the Cowboys are close, but you cannot just leave your hopes and prayers on an undrafted kicker. I'm sorry, man. Maybe he's he's a nice guy, but he, he's the wrong guy, wrong place. This team uh, has too so much riding on this year, man. There were a lot of points uh, handed out to you, LP, in the crowd. I don't know if you tabulated them while I was flashing yeah. them on the screen. And, Tony, you picked you. up five, actually, for knowing the answer uh, that was Jake Moody. So, <laughs> kudos to you. 
Uh, Danny, you, you still have a, a turn here, but where we're at, Tony has 33 points. Danny is 65. LP, you're sitting at 75 after all the, the points from the crowd. Uh, so that was a really, you know, solid answer. Um, in fact, uh, I think there are five. Yeah, Kevin has said, yes, uh, nice guys and points are not the same thing. Again, I don't even know that Brandon Aubrey's a nice. He might be a jerk. You know what I'm saying? Like, But again, I mean, am I – Tony, Danny, th- no points are involved here. But, like, I do think that the Brandon Aubrey stuff was a little bit overblown. Like, he was fine on Saturday night. I, I think we're just all, like, ready to, like, pounce here because we're so trigger-happy when it comes to this subject. Yeah, I mean, making kicks is obviously important, but he, he showed strong, strong leg in the kickoffs, which is, you know, we, we know Fossil and this team appreciates that. But, yeah, I think he was very close to being, like, to me, instilling, like, full confidence. Like, he, he kicked confidently, he kicked with a strong leg. When he missed the extra point, I'm like, ah, this is that one thing that just stopped this from being, like, uh, you know, a, a relaxation thing. Like, okay, we might have somebody here, but the team – Jerry Jones, Mike McCarthy, everybody speaks about this guy very highly. So, I mean, I got to read through the tea leaves and, and listen to what they're telling me. Obviously, he's doing things and impressing them, and they kept him, and he's in there by himself getting some work in. So, they, obviously, they, when the smoke this fire here. Uh, Danny, uh, Jake Moody, I read in the San Francisco Chronicle, actually said after the game, he was like, yeah, it was fine. Um, you know, I wish I'd, I had another one to go out there and prove that it was fine. Like, I would be more panicked about that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if that was, you know, our kicker, I would be upset that it would be like, well, it was clearly not fine if you really were, like, dying for the opportunity. Um, so, again, like, I, I don't think it's as bad as it, as it seems relative to the league as a whole, Danny Fanta. I think it's it's tough to say because, honestly, they're, they're – most most teams are, are constantly in the struggle where they're going in week in, week out. And, you know, they they're, they have a kicker that's – that's not one of the greatest because there's only a few teams that have them. And, and so if you're not one of the, if you're not one of the good teams that have one, then you're going to have this all the time. The Cowboys, I like their approach. I mean, they're going after they last year was Garibay, you know, they are in Hyrule who they're, they're constantly trying to bring in some guy, try to find and see if they can get somebody who turns into one of those guys. And then if they don't, they just, just you know, resort to a veteran and just play that game the, the, the whole time. And this is exactly what's going to happen now. I don't know how it's going to pan out because, you know, we'll see how, how Aubrey does, but, Am I a little unnerved? Yeah, but this is the, the world we live in when you don't have one of the good kickers. So, uh, and if, if it doesn't work out, then, you know, the Cowboys will just go about their business, bring in somebody else, some veteran, and that's that will be our kicker. LP. Can I ask one question, man? Um, does it concern you guys at all that he's not, and this is my perception of it, and I could be wrong, I feel like he's not being challenged at all by the team. Like, we have our mojo moments, but they're not really adverse in a way. Like for example, uh, um, I just well, just to uh, answer like, that, I, yeah. Just pick pick and pop notes. And today, this is a bad day for you to bring this up. Uh, that t- today Aubrey was four of four in Mojo moments specifically. Um, so again, like you know, people think the Mojo moments are silly and you know caricature whatever. But I mean, they are doing though. what they can to you know create intense moments for him. At at thirty three yards. It's it's the I mean for me it's the distance of it like I just feel like okay I don't know if you, this is like for you guys or anyone listening out there you ever been somewhere where they really want you to work out like at a job like I really want you to work out here like I, I've had people that I'm managing like I really want you to work out and I want to build your confidence up and I want to give you all the kind words to like bring that out of you like I'm trying to really build you up build your confidence up I feel like they're putting him in this kind of safe space like. 33 yards for a pro kicker, and that's a mojo moment. Like, I mean, 
to me that that to me it's a layup to me. I'm just saying. Well, well, then what does your Mojo moment yards, suggest 45. about your offense? Like, oh, Mojo moment, we stalled out at the 35 again. You know what I mean? Like, what does that suggest about the offense that we just sat here and threw flowers at? You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't. Ha- yeah, it can't yeah. be both ways. You know what I mean? Like, th- like for what it's worth, Brett Maher attempted 11 field goals from downtown last year, but he only attempted seven from 50 or beyond in 2018, his first season with the team. So, like, they're not as frequent as you think, and like. Do you get more points if they're from 50? No. You know, it's not fantasy. That would be awesome. That would be a cool rule cool change. Um, but, I mean, like, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, I, I did want to put this comment up here uh, because David put this up. If the Cowboys had drafted Jake Moody and he had gone 0 for 2, like, the world would have been on fire. That would have been a horrible, horrible day on the internet. So, at least it's not that. Um, but, I mean, I think Brandon Aubrey's like, probably LP, like, the 12th best kicker in the NFL right now. And I think that's fine. Yeah, you know, to LP's point though, I, I would I hope they do create some situations in in the preseason games where he is challenged That's a little it. bit. I, I would love for him to go up in Seattle and and not the easiest environment to play in and give him one of those fifty plus and see see how he does. Uh, but you know, it's early. Maybe that happens, but I definitely would like to see that as well. LP, you picked up fifteen more points um, in that run. So we have learned from the crowd tonight. You praise John Stevens Jr., you get points. You come for Brandon Aubrey, you get points. LP, you are sitting on 95 points at this point. Uh, a few shy of a C-note. Um, Tony, let's go to you. What questions do you still have? You have a lot of ground to make up, so we have some questions yeah. about you, Tony. This is like me finishing the back you know, back nine just comfortably. I'm not worried about the score. I'm just going out there having <laughs> a few uh, so a few beverages here. No, but uh, – for me, it's it's the offensive line. Like Zach Martin's in the fold. That's awesome. But I want to know about the depth here, right? We hear about Josh Ball. We hear about Matt. Well, let's go. Awesome Richards, you know, Chuma Doga. Like, what's his health situation? When's he coming back? There's just a lot of different variables in this offensive line. Like, we obviously know who the five guys are. And if they're healthy, ready to rock, that, that'll be great if that stays. But that's But that's not... You know, we have to be prepared for the inevitable when it comes to Tyron Smith and how is Terrence Steele going to hold up. And so there is just too many question marks. And I know after first review, like shout out to Pro Football Focus, a lot of these guys graded out pretty well, right? Some of these guys did better than probably the first viewing of of the game made people feel. But at the same time, there's pressure coming and it was coming from somewhere, right? And like, and who who is the issues, right? So I want to know who the depth is. I, I felt confident in saying that like my next guys up were like Matt, well, let's go and Matt Farniok. But if you, if you pay attention to the team and the people around it, those aren't really the guys they're talking about. Josh Ball is the guy who's like the first up in the inside and people like in TJ Bass and, and how they're going to use Tyler Smith. If you know, Tyron Smith gets hurt. So there's just, too many questions at a vital position and we talk about the kicker position being one of those spots where we're too good to kind of mess this up i feel the same way about offensive line there's so many weapons and we got so many horses in the stable let's let's make sure the big guys up front are solid and ready to rock so that we don't derail this it's also the least stably put together like the tyron smith issue exists the terrence Steele still coming back zach martin is literally back right like we're banking on, I mean, I think we feel confident in it, but we're banking on Tyler Smith being a fine left guard when we really haven't seen that, right? Like, again, it makes sense, but still, uh, Tony, you're racking them up. Uh, here we go. David has offered you five points simply for talking about the offensive line. Uh, so, so you went in the right direction in that sense. Watsamata has given five points to LP uh, in your turn, Tony. So uh, congratulations, LP, on, on hitting the 100 mark. 
Uh, Rick has given you five points, Tony. Uh, for, not even for what you said, but for your predictions at the beginning of the show on who would win uh, because you had it kind of going well. Diesel, though, has given you 10 points. Uh, O-line by far has the most questions. Um, let's see here. Rick has offered five more uh, for the offensive line. Ethan has offered 10, and Doxon7 just says, what's up? Um, Danny, do you agree that the offensive line is a point of contention right now? Maybe the biggest point of contention. Absolutely. I mean, Tony finished strong there. I mean, there's so. Uh, if you were to ask me what's the one thing that could derail this team, it's going to be injuries on the offensive line and the Cowboys don't have the right answers. So great choice. Something definitely we'll be looking at trying to figure out who are these guys. You know, do we have a swing tackle we can rely on? We got to move people, Tyler Smith around, you know, maybe. And then, who, then who's our, our top reserve guard? A lot of questions. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of a lot of choices, but we, we don't really have any definitive answers yet. So absolutely a great choice. Uh, LP, if TJ Bass is a serious, like, legitimate point of depth, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Because that's where we're at. It's not. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's not, man. <laughs> it's not. Actually, Tony, you kind of caught me by, by the blind side. I didn't think about the offensive line. And uh, to your point, yeah, it was leaky. It was definitely leaky. So that, that could, like Dan said, derail the whole thing, man. Uh, great point. Um, Ninja Nuts says, uh, a little less worried now that Zach is back, but we shouldn't trust Tyron. And who knows how Terrence is after the injury. Um, so that's a great point there. Uh, Tony, that took you all the way up to 88 points, but you held strong and you took the the heat very well. So I gave you 10, uh, LP, I've given you your five from the crowd. So we're now sitting at Tony with 98 LP at a hundred. Danny, you had a monstrous lead early on, but things have, have gotten rather tense quickly for you. Um, in fact, uh, Danny, you have picked up five points here, uh, swing tackle depth, uh, and LP, you picked up one point for laughing at TJ Bass. LP, like the, the main crux of your performance here tonight it's just been hating on people. Like you hated on Brandon Aubrey. That was like all your points. You hated on TJ Bass. You picked up another point. Uh, we're not going to do this, uh, but our friend, I love, you know what, uh, has offered you 420 points, Danny. I'll give you 14 uh, for that. Um, and Lamar has given you five. So I'll bump you up 19 points. So let's see here. Um, wait a minute. I've got to catch up. Uh, so uh, LP, you had one. Danny, you had 14. So that takes you to 79 is where we're at. And a brief pause because our great friend Watsamata has offered a super chat. Thank you so much to Watsamata. Love you very much. Says dudes, uh, where have y'all been lately? Just kidding. I got sidetracked. Zeke back. Scott got exposed. I still like him. Talking about Eric Scott Jr. And wow, deuce. Uh, yeah, Eric Scott Jr., LP, you mentioned it at the beginning. Bit of a bummer. Uh, like, there was a bit of a, like, coming down to earth. Welcome. Uh, welcome to the NFL. Like, everybody was singing your song, but they'll turn on you quickly if you stink up the joint. You know what I mean, LP? <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, LP yeah. <laughs> Watsamata has also given you five more points for uh, if you're dissing on that fake kicker. So, um, again, hatred is uh, is a popular method here, Danny Phantom, for hate, um, hate, yeah. hate, hate, hate. Uh, for accruing points. Danny Phantom, finish strong for the group tonight, please. What questions do you still have about the Cowboys as they head into Seattle on Saturday night? So, I mean, first off, I want to say that I am super excited about what this defense has become. I mean, you start looking across the, the roster and your defensive line, linebackers, secondary. I mean, the whole thing, just we're so much deeper. We're so much stronger. I think the Cowboys will have one of the best defenses in the league this year. So I think that's going to be a great start. But what needs to happen is they need to be have make the difference on the other side of the ball. And all eyes are going to be on what happens with how the, how the play calling changes with Schottenheimer and McCarthy now running the show. What are the Cowboys actually going to do that's going to make them better? Are they going to 
what things will they have in place that are more deck friendly? You know, and it's to me, you guys have heard me say this all the time. It's all about the deck. You know, he's the one, he's the straw that serves the drink. You know, is Dak going to be, is he going to have the right pieces in there for him to be successful? Cowboy's going to have, you know, have deficiencies offensive line that causes him problems. I think the weapons are there. You look at the additions they made. I, I think there's a lot of interesting pieces. I don't know how it's all going to unfold. And that's why I'm interested in seeing players like John Stevens Jr. And, and also too with Deuce too is I want to I want to see somebody who's a good short yardage back to because you know I want someone to compliment Pollard in a way to where if we need to get those you know fourth and short with someone that compounded in there. I don't think that necessarily is going to be a deuce fun. So the, to me there's still more I want to see a lot of different pieces going on offensive side of the ball. I want to see how they get it to work. I know they're not going to show us roll out the playbook or anything, but I still want to see some of the things that they're going to do whether you know we saw last game they're getting the ball out quick. Okay, that's fine and all, but you know what 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 else are they going to do? I was a little disappointed that we didn't see Cavante more involved in the offense. Uh, so, you know, show me something there. That's what I'll be looking for in these last couple of preseason games. Man, Danny, you squeezed a lot in there. That was like the end of the toothpaste, you know, tube. Like you rolled it up and like there's not a drop left of Pepsodent. Uh, you got to leave it all out there. Does anybody use Pepsodent anymore? Um, by the way, it's a forgotten. People are all into like. You know, these newfangled things. Pepsodent, once upon a time. Uh, Kevin gave you I, – I put every point there uh, for you, Danny, but Kevin has given you five points in two different increments right now. Uh, so that's ten. Uh, this is our final moment. If anybody wants to offer anybody else, this is the um, podcast version of Closing Time, playing at the bar, I guess. Um, so um, Watsamata says, that was pretty awesome, Dan. Five. Um, wow. Okay, so – I'm going to count down everybody. Actually, I've got to add five more points to yours. We have a um, a tie. We're going to close it right now. We have a tie because um, I don't see any more. Uh, Watsamata says I use Crest. That was the brand I was thinking as well. So, okay. This is where we stand. All questions done. All points tabulated. Kevin, you got in your final five points for Danny too late. They were after the whistle. So, Tony, you got to decide. That's what this has come down to. You just got to pick a winner. We're past wow. an hour. This is simple. It, like, there's no complicated who made the best, whatever. You could, you can, it could be whatever you want. It could just be whichever one of these dudes you like more. You know what I'm saying, but you have to pick because we're tied. You had a you, valiant effort to come all the way back, Tony. You scratched and you called with your fingernails. Al Pacino would be proud, but not enough. Danny, LP, both at 106 points. Who is going to win this? I'm I'm Jeff Probst. You're the third person at the final tribal, and you just got to write. You don't even have to use the paper and parchment. You just got to say it out loud. Who's winning? You know what? Uh, I made a prediction at the start of the show, <laughs> and I'm going to make sure that I'm right here. So let's give LP the W so I can say that I was perfect today. LP with the oh, dub. Man. Hatred rules all. LP, congratulations. Um, do you feel bad, um, you know, sort of smushing on certain players to get here? I should have been nicer to John Stevens, man. Anytime, <laughs> but uh, my, you know what? Tell you what, I, I probably just had, had to make amends with an article for him and Brian Ben Arby. So we'll see what's up. So sorry, um, fellas. Well, congratulations to you, LP. It was very, very well earned. Um, you knew how to win. Look, sometimes that's what it is. You know what I'm saying? You're the Sometimes you got to be the kid standing in the like the the ski ball thing and just like putting the balls in the thing. Like that's what you were oh, kind of doing man, for a little bit there. That's terrible. Um, I'm, well, dude, <laughs> it it works. It's it's it it all counts the same. The trophy is just as shiny as if you like sweated it out the whole time. 
Uh, Rick has offered you a, met- a point of congratulations. David says congratulations. Uh, Danny, Rick says that you were robbed um, after he congratulated LP. Do you feel robbed? No, you know, honestly, I, I thought that I had it in the bag. I don't, I'm not familiar with this new scoring, but I was sitting, I was sitting, <laughs> I was sitting pretty, feeling pretty good. But then I, I have to give these guys credit. I mean, that was a strong finish. You know, both of them chose excellent topics. And so, you know what? I uh, sometimes, you know, they just you're beaten by the better, better player. Um, I, again, our very special friend, I love you know what, offers you another 420 points, Danny. If we had actually offered the 420 or added the 420, you would have won. Um, you know, in a landslide, but you know, we couldn't do that. It wasn't uh, Lamar, by the way, says that Des still caught it. Just, I mean, I think we all agree there. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Kevin LP says that you're the one guy who's had enough of the kicker situation. So good for you. So again, hatred, uh, you know, is a good thing. Tony, do you feel guilty that you took this away from Danny? Yeah, I mean, Danny was definitely a worthy a worthy choice there. But, you know, at the end of the day, I love being right. <laughs> uh, this is actually the best comment of the night because it's appropriate given that you made the decision, Tony. DJ Dog 31 says, Danny not winning is like cutting Stevens. So that's you were the person who did, <laughs> who did it, Tony. I had to do it uh, to him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wow. Um, so uh, let's get out of here. Watson Mata says, next week, somebody explain to me the new rules. We're about to wrap up for the night. The rules are just the same except i do a better job of adding the points up uh, as they're happening and flying through in real time lp you are the winner uh so i would like you to um i would like you to tell us something delicious that you've had to eat in the last week and you can be as as specific as you want to be with the meal you can tell us how you prepared it but i want to know something that you ate that you were like holy crap that was good that i made no uh, it, it could be, and, you don't have to make it. You know, it, it could be restaurant quality, whatever, fast food, e- even if it just hit the spot ooh. the right way. Man, in the last week, maybe two weeks, I've been going to the same Indian place down the block. Tikka masala, chili chicken. Uh, yeah, I've been going in hard on the Indian food, man. I've been there like four times uh, last week. So good spot, man. If you guys are ever in 301, man, it's that's the place to go to for real. Okay, that's well said. And Tony, give us a Indian food in the panel. Yo. 